Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I discuss what we do to address secular holidays in a worship service. And we discuss our messages in the series called Serving Christ. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, episode number 47. 47. Three more to get to 50. Three more to get to 50. And uh, just as a a side note to our regular avid listeners, we are going to take next week off. It's uh, Thanksgiving week. So it's a compressed week. Um, I'm going to be out of town. Um, John and Rebecca are going to have to do some doubling up with preaching in terms of getting ready for other Sundays. So uh, it's just a lot. So we're going to take that week off. Um, but it did make me think, and you had you had mentioned this last week, and I th- because we had uh, we were. Um, close to Veterans Day mm-hmm. last Sunday, and actually, I mean, I guess technically close to Veterans Day this past Sunday as well, too. And then next Sunday, typically people think of it as Thanksgiving Sunday, the 21st. Um, so just want to talk about how we think through those holidays that are not explicitly Christian holidays, or not yeah. not even ho- Christian holidays at all. There's nothing of a religious nature at all, um, like Veterans Day. I mean, Veterans Day is one of those things where some churches really go all out, and some of them do absolutely yeah. nothing. Um, Thanksgiving, which has a lot of Christian themes to it, is still not a Christian holiday. It's a it's a secular holiday. So, what do you do when you're like, okay, there's a holiday coming up, or we've just passed a holiday? What do I do? in this message, how much do you think about integrating it, not integrating yeah. it? Where does your head go with that With that sort of thing? Well, much in the same way that we have uh, on any subject any week, you know, our people are coming in and they're thinking about things, yeah. and they think about things that are tied into the to the, their life experiences in their homes, in their communities, and in their country. And so, um, for me, it always feels irresponsible to ignore those things yeah. in church. So, it's hard for me to just uh, ignore them. It, well, you mentioned Veterans Day. It's especially hard for me to ignore Veterans Day as yeah. someone like you who yeah. grew up in the military. Mm-hmm. I mean, my father was in the military. Your father was in the military. It's hard to ignore that because these are people I know. Yeah. These are people I spent my my lifetime with, and mm-hmm. now and they're in our congregations as well. So it's hard to I- I- ignore that. Not that I would want to. It's just you know that's just a that's just a, a reality that we live in. But people are thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about what their plans are for Fourth of July you know, yeah. weekend or what they're, what they're going to do for Memorial Day and all, yeah. all of the others. And so it seems appropriate to to acknowledge it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, what doesn't seem appropriate, though, and what I seldom do, is to have it be the theme of the day. Yeah, preach to that theme. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and the only time that we would ever do that is if we wanted to take something like a you – know, this is a good one coming up – Thanksgiving. Yeah. If we wanted to do something th- on Thanksgiving, which I'm not doing this, this, this week, mm-hmm. uh, this, th- this Thanksgiving – but in fact, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving is the beginning of Advent, so yeah. we, we're definitely not doing something uh, the yeah. week uh, after uh, Thanksgiving. But that would be one that that, that Thanksgiving itself 
as we, we were talking about this just before we came on air, that 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 is a, a major Christian theme. Yeah, and yeah. so to, to you can you can do all kinds of things with that. So some of them I may integrate in, but but I'm going to do it in a way that is does address the the Christian theme, and most of them I'm going to acknowledge. And that'll either be with a video, maybe in yeah. Vine, or with a music in, in a piece of music in in uh, in, in classic, or or a prayer time is certainly a place to to do that, yeah. and then greeting time. You know, yeah. like a, a Pastor Rebecca did the greeting of the of the veterans on 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 hers, and I think I did might have done it on the online service as yeah. well for the greeting. Yeah. Uh, so that's how just usually some way that's integrated. But yeah. how about you? What, what's been your background? Well, I've done a couple of different things with that, and 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 I think it's it gets a little awkward um, when the holiday is like in the middle of the week, and so it's which so when like when July fourth you know, falls on a Wednesday, for yeah. example. So Sunday okay, before or Sunday is after? Sunday before Sunday or or, or are people's heads kind of not there at that point because there's been four or five days. Veterans Day is a little bit of the same thing, where, where, whereas Memorial Day is always on a Monday, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. Um, for me, I think the most I'll do in a message is to apply it in some way in like a, not apply it, but in an illustrative way, you know, and then I'll just, you know, hearken back to that. Um, Don't always do that. Um, just depending on, again, the distance, uh, the congregation, the makeup of the congregation, that, that sort of, that sort of thing. I think that's um, like we've talked about before, exegeting your, your audience Mm -hmm. is, is very important. And, for for the preacher, you know, for the for the preacher to get up and know who they're talking to and what's going to resonate with them, and are they thinking through those things as yeah. well? Um, if it's a broader cultural thing, but at most it would be an illustrative t- material. But to your point too, Thanksgiving is one of those things that you could very easily you could do a whole sermon series that ends on Thanksgiving and go through the Book of Philippians, for example. You know, and it ends on Thanksgiving. You have this great Thanksgiving mm. theme in Philippians, and then you have all this illustrative, illustrative material. And I think I've even probably used. Um, historical like stories from the first Thanksgiving and um, I've done funny things with, you know, the peanuts Thanksgiving special, (laughs) like, but it's illustrative material. It's not preaching to that, but I think, and, and there's not that many. There, I'm just trying to, as you were talking about this, thinking, are there others? To, like Valentine's Day would be one to yeah. talk about love. And well, it wasn't this last this we, last year. Valentine's Day, I think, fell on a Sunday, I if I'm not did. mistaken. And those are, man, those are awkward ones. <laughs> <laughs> because you got to acknowledge it to some degree, if, especially yeah. if it falls Again, on the day. Again, everybody's thinking about it. Yes. I, did have, I had a classmate in, in seminary, and he was like, I, I, I preach what's next on the, on the, in the lectionary or the sermon series or whatever it is that he's using. And he said, and I don't even think about, I don't even talk about yeah. anything. Now, none of the national holidays, nothing like that. So everybody knows it. You go do it on your own time. This is worship. That has, worship has nothing to do with that. That's it. So he's very dogmatic about it. Wow. Yeah, but then, then I mean, has your experience been if you haven't acknowledged uh, one of those holidays that you would get pressure from the congregation? Well, why didn't you say anything about this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. have, you, have you had that before? I have, and uh, I, I have, and, and I think it's I think it's 
it's it's fair at one level. Yeah, it's fair at, at the level of exe- exegeting your congregation and knowing who you are and knowing that your congregation is thinking about this and maybe acknowledging that what they're thinking about is something that we can be praying for mm-hmm. that we can't we ought to be talking about. I think it's fair at that level. But where it, where it gets unfair is like now, now which one is it? Are we are we all about the you know, is, is, does nationalism stand above you know, oh, Christianity, yeah. or you know, what's the relationship of, of our of our national pride and our and our Christian faith? Yeah, and uh, and that gets that 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 for in some cases can be too much um, expectation that the church is speaking really more of a purely nationalistic message yeah. as opposed to a Christian message in a Christian nation that has people who are who are all about statehood and about nationhood. Yeah. So it, that's a subtle thing to talk about it, but sometimes people t- tilt the other direction, go, whoa, whoa, time out there. Yeah. Time out there. Let's back up here and build it as, as in, a, in the broader picture. Yeah. 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 The pressure thing that gets really difficult, and I find it, it tends to be the national the nationalistic holidays the patriotic holidays those are the ones that I found are the ones where people will give you the most pressure yeah. and I've and and I've gotten it on both sides right like where if if I didn't acknowledge it enough why didn't you acknowledge it enough I mean you, you gave it one sentence or whatever or if I acknowledge it too much people are like well, wait a minute does this become a state church now kind of thing yeah. you know and it, it's one of those we've talked about this before you can't make everybody <laughs> happy and that's not yeah. the goal but i think the principle that that you're talking about is is what matters the most is that yeah. you're talking about and when i and i feel the same way that that you, this this is what our congregation is thinking about. So yeah. let's acknowledge you know if, if we look a, a good example on 9/11 you and yeah. i talked before that Sunday, before we put our messages together for that Sunday, we talked about, hey, you know, we, we should acknowledge it's 20 years. It's been 20, 20 years. years. Everybody's seeing it. It's all over the news. It's mm-hmm. all over the newspapers. You know, we should we should acknowledge that. And both of us did. We yeah. start we, we decided to start our, as our opening illustration, again, illustrative. Mm-hmm. Our opening illustration was to talk about 9-11. Yeah. Well, that, was, that to me feels very appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I think we, we always – one of the big uh, challenges – of it for any preacher is finding the balance, but always keeping the authority of Scripture and the authority of our faith central. But then ha- balancing that with how that hits people in their everyday lives does take some of those things yeah. into account. And um, you know, I think that's when, you know we're in this. We've been in this series for the last several weeks called Serving Christ. Um, you were in Classic this week, and we mm-hmm. were we were both coming from the passage in First Thessalonians in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the whole basic idea for this message, I think both of us rallied around this message. The idea of whatever you know your faith wherever your faith is take the responsibility to pass that on to others and so i wonder you know as you're as you were approaching um both this passage and the passage from psalm 78 mm-hmm. you know where where was your what were the things that really jumped out at you as being of of utmost importance um to communicate to the congregation yeah. there yeah well, I mean, it was interesting because I, I listened to yours uh, this morning. Because yeah. obviously, for those who don't know, we 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 preach these sermons at the exact same, the exact time, same time, so yeah. we can't be in the room to listen to each other's sermons. So I was listening to yours this this morning and thinking that, you know, I really liked. Uh, of course, you started out with football, so I was all in uh, right away. <laughs> and the Ted Lasso quotes were great, great yeah. all the way, all the way. And uh, and you know, we really, if you move as you move through the sermon, we had a lot, a lot of same, similarities, same yeah. things to say. It's just you know where how we came at that was. Mm-hmm. 
was mm. differently. And so I, I went with, and this is something I feel a lot, and this is your, your question. I, I, uh, you know, somebody once said that the, that the church of Jesus Christ is one generation away from extinction. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 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 pretty sobering thought, mm-hmm. and I guess I started. You know, my my thought was like, yeah. I mean, that's it, it, if we don't if we don't get the Psalm uh, seventy eight movement in our head, you yeah, know, and we don't get that idea of generational transmission of the faith in our heads, or and, and just transmitting our faith. Period it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be to the next generation. Paul in Thessalonica was there. This first generational issues, yeah. but he was still one person to an, to another. If we don't get that. If we don't do that, if nobody's doing that, yeah, then we're done. Yeah, the and church so in the it, West, yeah, is done. Yeah, we, we are done, and, yeah. uh, and 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 it's not because you know I, I talked about this as well. It's not because God's not God's not done. Is the, the the issue I would have with that is that the people are not doing. Yeah, what they're called to do. Well, and I think too, you you mentioned that part about God's not done. You know, I think we sometimes, uh, you know, we we think we're God is beholden to us, and that the the church in the West is the only church that exists. God is just going to the faithful people where where they are, and so you see churches in places where there's a lot of persecution actually thriving because the faithfulness is there. And, and uh, I, you know, I was listening to, to a podcast uh, this, this past week about, the, about the, the church in America being, you know, just about 20 years um, away from the church in Europe, you know, where, where the church in Europe, I mean, all, the, all the, the countries still to this day, most all the countries have national churches, but their church attendance and their religious uh, participation is almost, it, it's, it's under... Negligible. Un- yeah, under fifteen percent, under ten percent, or whatever, depending on the country, and and part of it is because generationally that that sort of passing along the faith just it it, it fell apart. You know, it, it went the way of the the Jewish people coming out of of Israel and going into the the Book of Judges, where they they forgot right. they forgot to pass that on and they did what was right in their own eyes and so you really raised that point where god's not done god's just going to find other faithful people but they may not be in the west it might not be it may in the not look States. the same yeah. may not, it may not be in the west and i th- i think this this is really taps into both both what we what you and i both talked about taps into the a a deeper issue of uh the church in in, in the west in some ways has had a failure of disciple making, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I you know, look. I, I I went to Princeton Seminary and saw some of the and some of the most faithful, brilliant minds in the in the church uh, the, uh, at work. I saw them at work, and and you know they love the Lord and all this, but you know we 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 found ourselves in this place where we are we are very thoughtful mm-hmm. and intelligent about our about our faith. But it just sort of stopped there, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't it, it wasn't articulated in mm-hmm. a way that was accessible to the average person. It certainly wasn't articulated in a way that would that and the next person would want to be a, a part of it, or we could help them be part of it. So we created no mental models or discipleship models for the for the church, and it it is a it, it is a significant shift away from the early church model. Yeah. And is a significant failure on the part of the church to yeah. to to not find ways to actually. I mean, how, think about this: how many people have actually been discipled? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if I were just to poll the, the, the church, I would I would imagine that we'd have a fairly small number small of people number, who would yeah. say, uh, unlike you with your father-in-law, which I loved what you had to say mm-hmm. in the sermon about that, find someone who will mentor you or mm-hmm. someone, I can't remember, how would you say it? Uh, so someone to pour, pour into, into you, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved how you had to say that, but you point you went right to that to that person. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I would be willing to bet that the number is probably around 20% of the people. Yeah, if that, yeah. yeah. Maybe 20% of the people have yeah. had someone to pour into them. Well, and I think, too, some people, even if they've had that, they they won't necessarily articulate it with intentionality. There are probably... One of the things that I, I didn't really get to is, uh, and I really would want you know to flesh this out a little bit more, is there are probably relationships that are just a hair's breadth away from being that disciple-making sort mm. of relationship. It just lacks the intentionality to do so, right? I mean, there are... I see the people, everybody in that room has, fr- everybody in the room has friends that are spiritual friends. Um, and, and some of those friends are maybe a little further along than, than the other in um, their faith journey, but it, it lacks intentionality. It's a great point. For enti- for discipleship. And I didn't really get to bring that point up. No, it's a great point though. Cause I, and I, I feel the same way about evangelism. If you intend for something to be evangelistic, it will be evangelistic. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. If you intend yeah. for a, a walk around the Lake, Lake Hollingsworth to be evangelistic, it will be evangelistic. You'll find ways, yeah. You'll do it naturally and it'll be organic and all this. The same thing is true for, uh, for discipleship. If you intend it to be the kind of thing that can help you can be that person that you, where you're pouring into that other person. You intend to pour into that other person. It, whatever it is, it will be that, even if it's going out to lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be more intentional, like the word. It's, you're going to be more intentional about that relationship. One of the things that you talked about in the sermon, especially, you know, looking at this this kind of uh, broader problem of, of the diminishing value or, or the diminishing influence or, or the diminishment overall of the, the church in America and it is the is the priority over of division over discipleship. I mean, you didn't use the, that exact term, but you did talk about division. That, that there's. Do you feel like that's one of the real has been one of the real red herrings that have kept us off the 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 disciple making path? You know, we we argue about all of these non essentials because you really brought up. Look, there are essential things. The gospel that we've got to really that that's it. Okay, there's all yeah, there are all these non-essential things. But if those become the things that we focus on, that's going to lead to division. So, what are your what are your takeaways about right division, wrong division? Yeah, uh, because there there is a yeah, point it was, where it was distractions and divisions. Distractions those are, those and are the divisions. Two. Yeah. We are distracted by many things. Maybe this is this is the editing room floor things as well yeah. to unpack the distractions and unpack unpack the the divisions. Um, but uh, yeah, I do think that. I mean, I think I don't think they're the main reasons why the the discipleship and moving forward and the, and the Psalm seventy eight uh, 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 motion has not taken place. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with there's there's a uh, lack of understanding that that is to be a mm-hmm. part of our discipleship. That disciple making itself is. Uh, a disciple makes disciples who make disciples, and so mm-hmm. on. Um, I think that, and then the, the mental, the, the mental or actual structural models that you put in place, where you say, "Look, we're going to do this like a, um, you know, uh, a, a, like Jesus did. I'm going to come alongside of you and let you try it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to coach you up on it, and then I'm going to step away. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but here's how it's going to work. So, I think there's a lot of pieces that are that are more the reason why it hasn't happened. But as all that hasn't been happening. 
we are at the same time. We're very distracted by things that even the conversation we had earlier, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, we want to make the the nationalistic issues or mm-hmm. some other issues, that, that's just one of many, mm-hmm. some other issue to be the main thing that the Christian faith is all about. And, yeah. uh, and it's just not. It, yeah. it, it never has been that. It's been about the, if it's nationalistic, it, it's, it, to put it in biblical terms, it's kingdom. Yeah. And it's not the kingdom of this world. It yeah. is the kingdom of another world. So we do get distracted by that. And I think that the distractions that we have and the divisions that we have, they they don't help. Yeah. <laughs> to say it mildly, they don't help this already existing problem that we here in this church are really beginning to build out and to work on. How do we create those things and create that mental model here? But they they are they they definitely don't help. Yeah, and I, and, I, and 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 I think too some of the some of the division problems, the distraction problems that you you refer to, um, they when a congregation, and I've seen this, and you and I have both worked at the Presbytery level, we've seen churches divide over what we think are non-essential issues. Um, those non-essential issues can become essential issues, especially when it starts talking about the authority of the, of the, the Bible, um, the authority of God's Word. But churches can... can tell themselves that they've accomplished something for the kingdom when they fight these divisive fights. And then all the while their membership decreases, the discipleship, you know, focus is, is sidelined if, if there ever was one. And uh, people are, are taught to pour not into other people, but into an issue. Yes. You know, and there I th- it is. And I think that's, I think that's kind of, you know, the point that we, I think we've been making throughout this entire series, but especially hitting it hard in this message is, look, this is about you having an ex- an excitement for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, just letting that um, beautiful, audacious truth yeah. just hit you hard Yes, and not keep it to yourself. Yes. Find, also, yes. Find ways to... to Pour into other people, pour into the church, serve, let let the enjoyment of your salvation turn into sharing that enjoyment with other people. And I love how you took everything you just said, and, and I, I touched on it, but you you hit, you sat more with it, uh, and, and you turned that into that whole heavy relational yeah. uh, connection with the, you know, th- these aren't people that you don't like. These yeah. aren't people that you don't know. Yeah. These are people that you have this, this you know, the parental thing, the mother and the father mm-hmm. uh, language that came, that came out with Paul and, and to the Thessalonians. Uh, just that all of that, that, that rich, beautiful content that you want everybody to be passionate about, which mm-hmm. you were just describing, is done in the context of a, these are people, I, I love these people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is true, true family. That, when, that, when, and, and when that's happening, you're you're going to catch that almost more than you're going to be taught that. Yeah. Well, and Paul, you know, in in that first chapter of the Thessalonians, I mean, he deals with the distractions that the Thessalonians are facing from these outside. Both of us talked about this, the outside uh, Jewish opposition, um, the opposition which is so strong it ran him out of town and his his associates out of town. But he was so concerned about this. This church is, and and I and I don't know about you, but when I have a mental image of these first century churches, I I for some reason think of them as gargantuan in size, you know, yeah. thousands and thousands of people. But in actuality, these were small es- churches, especially in in the the case of the church in Thessalonica, tiny, because it was 
He preaches. They plant this church. A few days later, he's running out of town. It's not a long time to get it established. So the, the the miracle of the Holy Spirit to solidify the faiths in to such a degree that it would actually resonate through an entire region um, is 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 miraculous. And Paul gets excited about their faith, and and he loves that. He deals with the distractions, but he says that's not the main thing, man. The main thing is the gospel of God. Mm-hmm. And we tr- we did everything we could to treat you with gentleness, to comfort you, to guide you, and to bear witness to what God means to us and what the faith means to us. Which is again what why I liked the the language that he uses and the way that both of us brought brought this up is that it's he's doing all that they, they would not. It would not have happened had had he he'd been very this kind of this cold and yeah. distant person. Yeah, you know the idea that these these are his children. Yeah, that these are people that he he cares about. That that I think that mattered, and, that, and it matters for you know if if we're going to do as a church what we what we said we're, we're going to do what Psalmist said we're going to do and what mm-hmm. we are to do, it's not going to be it's not going to be done at a distance. That, that's what. That's what troubles me about those. You know, I went to the to a Gator game. Was it last year? And the, the people with the bullhorns and the and the sandwich boards are saying you're going to turn or burn yeah. ideas. You're you know, and I'm sure they gather up at the end of the day and say two people came as a result and had you know, came to faith in Jesus today, and that's certainly a victory. And that's a the lead the ninety nine, the one celebration of the one. Yeah. But what about the ninety thousand other people that you offended and pushed further away from the church? Yeah, because of the the approach. So th- th- there's no relational. Quality. There's no relational capital that's put into that into that sharing Christ. Well, and then the and then the 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 transformation happens. I mean, that's not how Jesus did it. I mean, when Jesus no. when Jesus preached, "Repent for the kingdom of God is near." He's he's pre, he he was really just condemning the Pharisees in that moment. But the transformation really took place in the conversations and the teachings he had with with Peter and and James and and the disciples and then the the crowds that gathered that he also was with um and and then they replicated that transformative relational style in their ministries and they were dispersed you know to do the exact same thing and that's how that was what that was Paul's approach you know go into a place build into the lives of a few leaders sometimes in short time sometimes in over the course of two or three years and then move along, but then check back in, you know, that's what all the letters are about. And, um, but yeah, we, we, I think to some extent though, that the idea of that relational faith transform transformation is it's intimidating to people, you know, it's very intimidating to people. And do you mean just, just, I, I don't know what you know, and I, I'm going to be embarrassed by, by. I think I think I think I think to some extent that that's that's that there as well too. But it, I, I find it funny how many believers have trouble talking about their faith with their believing spouse. Like, yeah, not talking about an unbelieving spouse, which is a, which is a that's a different thing. But how many believers have trouble even being in a in, in some sort of a spiritual relationship with their spouse or their kids. I mean, I, I because, and, 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 and honestly, it's been one of the great mysteries to me talking to people is you guys all talk about everything else. Uh-huh. 
but why is this blind spot there? You know, it's one of the things, you know, Brian Morgan, he, when he does the family discipleship group with the, like kind of addressing that, you know, because, and so if we can't do it even in our homes, what chance, I mean, you know, going across the line to talk to someone else about it. But it's, it's, it is so critically important that we get I, there. I, I do think, though, that that has to do with everything this sermon was about and everything we've been talking about and everything we've been talking about in this whole series of sermons, and that is that the, that, that the discipleship in making in the church has been, uh, has been less than it needs to be. Yeah. It has been uh, sub substandard in doing what it needs to do, which is mm-hmm. you know because the person who's person who's look you've been in the groups I've been in the groups and I loved how you landed here find someone to pour into to you find someone else to pour into you know, yeah. it was almost a Paul Barnabas and Timothy thing yeah. you, you, the Barnabas was assumed yeah. you know you, Paul is, you have someone who's spiritually a little further along mm-hmm. than you they pour into you Timothy you have someone who's younger than you spiritually and you pour into them mm-hmm. and the Barnabas as you walk alongside of them but again if you don't have that. Yeah, I think that you, there's no language for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, I think part of the problem in the homes is that that people don't have the 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 language. Half of it is anyway, maybe three fourths of it is they don't have the the language for it. They're not used to talking about that and talking about it in ways that that sort of pulsates in their souls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's why I think it was so important what you said about getting down to that core of the gospel. Look, you don't have to be a theological titan. To know that core of the gospel, the sin, salvation, new life in Jesus Christ—I mean, that's those are those are those are not—I mean, they're miraculous concepts. They're they're concepts that don't always make sense. But the eyes of faith—they're the the that should be the simplest concepts to to rally around. And if that's the core, then the relational building that we do is just to be able to ask others and encourage others. and, and comfort others in their failures to walk along that journey. Say, well, how how are you doing? Like a parent, yeah. How are you doing living into that? Yeah, that truth, that that beauty, that goodness, and that's why I think it was really important that what you said was just getting it down to that brass tacks. Are you excited about it? Are you excited about that? First of all, and then are you finding someone to to pass that along to? And I think just simplifying it down to that to that. Um, that calling for every believer, it, it, it doesn't have to be this intimidating, I got to know the perfect questions to say to somebody I'm discipling or, you know. Well, and for me, I, I had to do, I, I had to go there because, you know, when I started with this sort of epic, the church might not be around in a generation if we, you know, because because the churches are closing left and right, stories like, you know, what is the answer to that? Yeah. You know, what is the answer to, to to churches who are who have who have forgotten their way, or the churches who have? I mean, we we're seeing a whole generations of churches, people in churches, and the churches they represent, they are part of, who have really gotten away from their basic call to something from Psalm seventy eight. Yeah, you know, pass the generation on to the next generation. That's yeah. and that's not only our children and grandchildren, but it's also the people that we work with and all, people all around us. And when we've when we've gotten so internalized. We, uh, the, the, uh, it's, it's huge. It's just a huge, huge thought. So, what's the answer? Get excited about your faith. Yeah. Remember, keep it really simple. What yeah. is the gospel that, that that unites all of us? And let's let's get fired up about that and 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 live that out in the world. Yeah, and pass that along to someone else. Pass it I mean, on. Yeah, it, it's real simple, but so profound. And and uh, that's why you know 
that we could sit here and talk for probably another hour about this, but, but, um, you know, this, this week coming up, you guys are, uh, closing out this series. You and you are in uh, classic this week. Classic. Yep. Pastor Rebecca is in vine this week, closing out the series, serving Christ. Like, as I said at the outset, we we won't be having armchair preaching next week. Um, We'll pick it back up after the first Sunday in Advent. Got a brand new series starting um, called Presence, uh, which is going to be, I always love this. I love the Advent season. I love the Christmas season. So getting excited about that. But as a reminder for everybody, if you've missed any one of our messages, go to our website, fpclakeland.org. Go to the sermon archive tab and uh, find any one of those. You can watch them. You can listen to them. Um, really, really great resource. If you were in classic, you want to watch Vine, watch Vine. If you're in Vine, watch classic. Great to get both sides because we landed in pretty much the same places, but we can't approach things in, in different ways. Yeah. And uh, really important to do that. And also, if you missed any one of our, our uh, episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify and Stitcher. Um, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new uh, episode drops and uh, share it with your friends. Uh, getting more and more people saying they really enjoy it. Um, I think uh, first Sunday in Advent after that one, we're going to do a little little game of uh, this and that Christmas edition. We'll kick that off as well. But uh, Very nice. Thanks for hanging out once again, John. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. See you next time.